Welcome to another Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, Bubba, today uh, it will be very topical. Uh, we have Richard Lyons with us today, born and raised in Midwestern uh, United States. Took him to Loyola Academy and University of North Texas, a graduate career at Southern Methodist University. Uh, and uh, he's been involved in the printing, publishing, uh, and even stage production uh, for several years. And let me tell you that he has books that he's already had out there. We're going to talk about the the second edition of the one from 2019, but by the chance of war, uh, and also uh, the the DNA of democracy, also in 2019. Uh, and then 2022, the, the the book he put out that was a the, the latest before this now uh, second edition, Shadows of the Acropolis. Excuse me, Acropolis. And this Bubba was the what one. Was that, uh, uh, you know, Shadows of easy what? for me to say Acropolis. <laughs> uh, but what he was talking about there is what we talked about on the show all the time. Is you go back to 1910 and, and you look at where we were as a constitutional republic. Uh, and then the move forward to now this administrative state and the growth of socialism. So if you haven't read that one, uh, it, it's like reading the headlines. It's kind of like mission creep. It, it? it really yeah. is. But we want to focus uh, on, we will maybe hit some of the others, but we're really focusing on this second edition, uh, but by the chance of war that will be out in a couple of weeks uh, if you're listening to this podcast uh, not long after it was recorded. Uh, and uh, so let's welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, uh, Richard Lyons. Richard, welcome hey, to Richard. Rick and Bubba. Well, great to see you guys this morning. Yeah. Great to be here. Well, it, it's our pleasure. You know, when when you wrote this this book uh, in in 2019, uh, but by the chance of war, you know, you're you're basically going through world history, and you're talking about you know that war. We believe since the fall of mankind, or whatever people's spiritual beliefs are, that's what we believe. But whatever you believe happened, uh, folks have been at war for as long as we have been around. Uh, and you walk us through some of the uh, uh, more prominent wars all over the world, uh, and you you talk about something that keeps people awake at night, and that is the fact that you know it was it was one thing when we could all you know ride horses at each other and 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 fight hand to hand combat, but now with the push of a button we could end the war, and there's more than one place who has that capability. So what does war look like in in the modern era? So. Talk a little bit about that, uh, about but by the chance of war, and then we'll talk about the new edition. Well, the central concern of by the but by the chance of war, and the first edition is out and available. The second edition will be up in a couple of weeks. It reads better, um, but the import is the same in either edition, and that is that mankind has certain failings regarding uh living in a successful society the more successful a society it gets the more it questions itself and and there there tends to be a degradation of internal values and there also tends to be a willingness to appease so and as i go into four different eras of history and they're real histories uh it's again and again and again that you have a successful society that in a manner commits suicide and the first thing it does is gives gives up its allies, it distances itself from the enemy uh, by appeasement. And Winston Churchill said it best when he said, uh, "Appeasers are those who feed alligators in hoping they'll be eaten last." And that's when I see the Biden administration today. It's uh, it's scary. We saw it with Obama, didn't we? We we were a lot yeah, of people. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people called it our our apology tour around the world. Oh. And, and you touch on this in the book, and and it and it really is a fact. 
that a lot of times when you're dealing with enemies of your nation, to attempt to appease them, they only see it as weakness. They, they never see it as, well, that was a kind gesture. Uh, and I don't know why we haven't learned that. Well, no, and that this goes back, Rick, for thousands of years. The lesson is you cannot feed tigers who have sharp claws because they grow and they get arrogant and they get uh, aggressive. And it's it's in humanity's uh, uh, compass, in in human nature. But and, and you're seeing it, it when Obama, I don't know why he loves Iran. I have no idea why tyrannical government seems to him something to support. And in fact, I, how many billions and billions and billions of dollars has the Biden-Obama uh, foreign policy sent to Iran? And as you have seen, when the, when the money was promised in August, when they freed up the $6 billion, immediately uh, that was the go for Hamas to arm and go into, uh, go into Israel. Do you think that the Obama's upbringing had something to do with that? Because obviously he was the first president we've had that did not have a stronger tie to Judeo-Christian values, being that a lot of his family grew up in the Arab-Muslim type thinking growing up. Do you think he had a softer side to that than, than many of us might today? I, I, think, I think there's two things working. I think Obama has a love for Persia and, and somehow that it's going to reclaim its destiny of empire uh, that the Greeks fought, fought against 2,500 years ago. And there's another thing that the Greeks were fighting for then and we're fighting for now. And that is the idea of liberty. Uh, Persia was always a tyranny. In, in Greece, they had democracies, small city states that came together to battle uh, the Persian tyranny. And, and so I don't know what his mindset is. It, he, is a, he is socialist in his tendencies. He grew the uh, administrative state. Uh, he put it on steroids. He created Obama health care. Uh, and now he's appeasing one of the greatest enemies of civilization uh, in the world. Do, do you think, and I hate to say it and phrase it this way, but every form of government has um, its shortcomings or its limitations or its weaknesses. Do you think yeah. one of the inherent problems we have in our constitutional republic that, that where we're electing a president or, or Congress, far as that goes, that they, instead of making decisions that are actually wise for the union for the republic that they start making decisions to get themselves reelected. Well, this goes to the subject of shadows of the Acropolis more. Yeah, yeah. And that is there used to be in America before 1910, a circle of power. The circle of power was built around the individual and the individual elected representatives who represented them in, in Congress right. and in Washington, DC. The new circle of power involves, if you look at it, guys, in, in Obama's administration, that's what we have statistics for, over 20,000 rules were generated out of agencies with the force of law, whereas only 430 pieces of legislation passed constitutionally through Congress. So the obvious power in our society now is not 
in Congress where they pass these massive bills and then say, agencies, you figure it out and you make the rules from here. Uh, it is now in the administrative state and it's between the administrative state, uh, lobbyists and Washington, D.C. lawyers. They they take the money through Congress and then they put it in the administrative state where we have nothing to do with what they do anymore. So Congress is kind of skirting their duty in a way. And, and, yes, the, and the administrative side has been more than welcome or the executive side to pick that up and run with it and the courts to some degree. Yes, the courts have been complicit in prior to FDR. Uh, the the Supreme Court was staunch in its defense of our Constitution. After FDR's long term of 12 years, he changed everyone in the court uh, and beginning with Felix Frankfurter, who came out of Harvard and believed in administrative law and believed in uh, getting the socialist program into American society, not by not through legislative law, but through administrative law. And since then, the court, rather than defending the Constitution, as is its oath, has taken to changing the Constitution fundamentally. Uh, so that, for instance, when you are in a, when you're an agency, you can pass rules without uh, judicial oversight, and they have the force of law. So that our agencies are at once the executive, the legislature, and the judiciary in one in one body, which is utterly opposite to right. our idea of checks and balances. Yeah, we we've had several high ranking officials on senators and and they have even alluded to the fact that the epa is a modern day gestapo i mean they no. can just absolutely cause somebody a lot of grief uh yes. and there's no oversight to that i mean it's uh it, it's quite a process so um I, I i couldn't agree more with what you're saying i mean it's clearly slid into the for lack of a better term the swamp uh, as opposed to our elected officials doing the job we send them there to do. Exactly. It began actually, Bubba, with uh, Woodrow Wilson when he created the administrative state. Yep. At that time, there was the Russian Revolution, and, and Wilson believed in socialism. And he said, well, the Russians have it wrong. They're doing it by revolution. Here, we're going to do it by evolution over time. And in Shadows of the Acropolis, I go through all the stages and I call it a thousand little levies of wealth and power away from the individual, away from localities, away from states, away from associations, away from businesses, and into one place, the administrative state. You and know, that's why we have, you know, we, we people don't feel they're represented in America. It's because they're not. Right. Why, why do you think um, the allure of socialism slash communism is still alive today. I, I've always thought it's an easy sell to the uninformed masses, but history shows us it doesn't work. And I really thought I grew up and became politically aware during the Reagan years. The first time I voted for president uh, was for Ronald Reagan. I thought after a 49 to 1 victory that people finally understood that conservative values were and is the road to prosperity, the American dream. But we just somehow can't stay on that track, and we keep going back to a failed system that Reagan said belonged on the, the, you know, the garbage pile of history. No, you're exactly right. The history is invariable, Bubba. 
Socialism never, ever, ever works. But if someone promises, if a demagogue comes along and promises, we're going to give you a new phone, we're going to put you on food stamps, we're going to send more money for you to do this and that and whatever. Taking money, this was this was foreseen as being, this is when a, a democracy really teeters yeah. uh, towards, towards socialism. When one party in power gains control of the treasury and is able to promise they plunder the yeah. the productive workers and take their money and give it to unproductive persons to buy votes uh, basically and so yes and so and going back to reagan and, and god love you for for the reference but he when he came into office you're exactly right it was with a steam there was steam behind him the whole american population was with him or a vast majority and then he ran into the administrative state. And again, I have this in Shadows of the Acropolis. What happened was when he came to saying, well, every little bit, it was David Brock wanting to reduce the administrative state by 5.4%, the budget. And when they went to every individual program, there was a Republican that had buy-in to that program and didn't want the program. See, when, when all the wealth of a country goes to one place, and then that one place determines who gets it back. You own the politicians throughout the country because they they want the money back, so they're going to vote for the administrative state. We'll come back. So yeah, I mean, and once that system starts, then but it is yeah. off and running. Richard Lyons is our guest. You can go to his website, Richard C. Lyons, L Y O N S dot com. Uh, we're talking about a number of the books that he has already written, and you've heard a lot about The Shadows of the uh, Acropolis, uh, which came out in 2022, that really, really takes you through all this history that we just talked about. We'll continue our conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues right after this. This is The Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Richard Lyons is our guest. Uh, we've been talking to him uh, about uh, the work that he has done that's so important in remembering world history. We talked a lot about the shadows of the uh, Acropolis, which we really talked a lot about in the, in the front end of the podcast. Uh, but By the Chance of War came out actually before that in 2019. You got a second edition that is coming out, and, and these books we're talking about are already available. The second edition is still a couple of weeks away. And, and you're right. going to work in what's going on in the Middle East. It's in the headlines today, all the things we just talked about. And, and this is what we see, Richard, and I think you do too. There's so many, and it kind of goes back to what you said about uh, Obama, that maybe he doesn't understand fundamental theocracy like Iran. He sees them as a Saudi Arabia, a Saudi Arabia or a Qatar, like, hey, if you'll give them capitalism or be nice to them or whatever, they'll, they'll stop all their foolishness, which that's a gross misunderstanding of the difference in the two. I yeah. s we see the same thing with the Palestinians, Hamas, Hezbollah, and Israel this Middle Eastern conflict, there there almost seems to be a gross misunderstanding of what's going on, which is why solu the solutions that are proposed never work. Yes, that's true. And it's just another system of tyranny, the way Islam is. Islam has, there are two realms in Islam. It, there's, uh, uh, is what, what is it called? There's the realm of Islam, which is the realm of peace. And then there's Dal al-Arab, which is the realm of war. And if you are not Islamic, if you do not have a rigorous belief in, in Islam, 
your Islam is at war with you, no matter where you are in the world, until you convert. They believe in the sword as a manner of conversion and have for uh, 1,300 years. But socialism is very akin to that. You just replace Allah with the state. Right, yeah. And so if the state is dis- – look at what look at what happens now in our media when someone disagrees with the Democrat Party or when somebody mentions Judeo-Christian uh, ethics uh, or when someone says, well, geez, shouldn't people be learning civics? Shouldn't they be learning that America <laughs> is the greatest force for good and liberating people all over the world for the past 250 years? And, and see what happens to you. Well, you, you guys know better than anybody. <laughs> so if you go against the state or you go against Islam, they are at war with you. And this, this is a pitiless war. They don't they are not merciful. They, they don't share uh, in Christianity. Well, and yeah, and, and, and it's like people and we even you, you see things like and we talked about this a lot on the main show. I'm, I'm sure you have, too, is when you see things like the LGBTQ community standing up for Hamas. You, you, I, I mean, <laughs> I've had a good one. Yeah, I mean, and you and you go, that has got to be as gross a misunderstanding about what you're standing for. You're you're not educated on this at all. And and I heard one commentator compare it to, you know, uh black people or African Americans standing with K, the KKK. They that they, they would be standing there with their signs saying standing with the KKK and you go, you know, they don't really understand this bunch, do they? Yeah. Um I mean it, it's it's but you see, they don't know it. They're not educated on it. I'll, I'll give you a little piece of history from Shadows of the Acropolis again. After, in the 60s, when it started to become apparent that the African-Americans were going to be voting for the Democratic Party, right? After Jim Crow right. and all the segregation, and it was the Republican Party that got all the civil rights passed through Congress, Right. And it was actually Dwight Eisenhower who started the Civil Rights Act in 1957. So Stokely Carmichael, who was a famous uh, African-American in America, said, what the hell are they thinking? Yeah. Are are people voting for the Democrats is like voting like Jews voting for the Nazi Party? Yeah. And that that message has not resonated. Yeah. It's like I've even heard it put put forth that. You know, if you notice, they're so good at revising history, as you just pointed out, the Democratic Party, they have just forgotten. You know, now, if you've done anything in your past, they say you should be canceled for the rest of your life. Oh, they want to go back and look up every party you went to in college. Yeah, but but if they did something, if they did something in history, they were able to revise themselves and they're not those people anymore. Yeah, penitent. Well, you know, I I think it goes back to (laughs) what we were talking about on being elected. Um, the Santa Claus principle outweighs everything. It does. Uh, what, what can I get today for free? And, and we all are guilty of that to some degree. Um, but it just is out of control now. I mean, the, the, what should I do for my country, uh, you know, being more important than what it can do for me idea is long gone. Yeah. That was JFK, right? Right. Mm -hmm. he didn't and phrase it like I did, but yes, it was JFK. <laughs> yeah, but look at look at RFK now. That guy looks like he is he is a Democrat from the Democratic Party of years ago, and he and they won't even let him speak in the Democratic Party now. Yeah, it's so that's, you, that's the state of that. Yeah, well, you see people even like Bill Maher, who I don't think would ever 
agree with us on many things, but he even understands, wait a minute, we claim to be liberals. What we're doing isn't liberal. This is this is Nazi kind of stuff. This is fascist kind of stuff. The, the, the liberal means that everybody should be able to speak or their mind and and you know live out their truth. And and he you know even he's saying we're not doing that. We're 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 canceling people and and keeping people from expressing themselves. And uh, and and as you point out, that that really uh, has been around for a long time from some really bad characters. Uh, and and what they always did. I always laugh when I see the the Democrats saying that they're concerned about our democracy. You couldn't get them to call it a constitutional republic if, if, under any circumstance. But they, right. but but what they don't, what they're, what all those regimes that you talk about in history, what did they always tell you? We're here to protect you from ultimately us. We're the That's ones true. that want to go to socialism. We're the ones that want to go to communism. We're the ones that want a tyrannical central government. But we're here pretending it's the other guys that's going to take away your liberty when really we're the problem, and they do a masterful job of selling people on basically voting for the problem that they claim to be against. Well, the the greatest guy, the well, the most efficient person at that was Joseph Goebbels in Nazi Germany, and in his diary, he he talked about propaganda and how to be successful, and he said if you repeat an untruth enough times people will take it for truth to the point that they will be convinced that a circle is actually a square and a square is actually a circle. You just keep repeating it. Right. And the media is excellent at that. And the democratic party is excellent at that. And they're they're What they call democracy is um, mass support for a demagogue who will take all the rights away from everybody. What is our system, what was and should be our system is a system of federalism, a constitutional republic, where localities and states are allowed to do what they want to do. And the federal government does one thing. It protects the borders, which is the exact thing. Yeah. It won't be. <laughs> right. Isn't that, isn't that ironic? They won't, they won't, uh, power, the yeah, they, they won't power the Constitution gave them, and, but they won't actually do the responsibility that the Constitution uh, gave to them. We'll come back. We'll finish our conversation uh, as the Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues with Richard Lyons right after this. All right, so Bubba, let's talk a little bit about Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile, um, I, just this week, I got emails. You probably saw it too. When someone says, how in the world can you boycott uh, everything that I boycott, I just go to another company that that, that has <laughs> I got the same problem. Has the same now. problem. Well, when it comes to your wireless, Who's on our side? Uh, yeah. Well, Patriot Mobile. When it comes to wireless, uh, they uh, they have been and they continue to be America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Trust me, they are the only one. Uh, Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without feeling like you're funding all of this we're talking about in the podcast, all, uh, th this move towards socialism or, or the, some of the things you might find immoral. Uh, when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support a constitutional republic, free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment, uh, our military, our veterans, our first responders. It, and also when you call and need service, 100% U.S.-based team. So you, you, you can keep your number if you want, keep your phone. You can upgrade, but if you want to, stay where you are. Uh, and if you don't love it, then they'll switch you back with no problem. So make the switch today. Get free activation using our code Rick Bubba. 
When you go to matri- uh, patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba, that's patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. You want to call them, 972-PATRIOT. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, Richard Lyons, our guest, uh, as we continue our conversation. Hey, Richard, l- let me ask you this. I asked this of Rick a lot, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, immigration and the great melting pot is, is a cornerstone of U.S. society and culture. Uh, currently on our southern border, and you'd mentioned it a minute ago, we've had over 2 million people come over the border illegally in the last couple of years, uh, maybe even this year, uh, depending on which set of numbers you want to go by. It's just astronomical either way. I've, I just don't understand the current administration's uh, problem with saying uh, not everybody can come in. That You know, immigration is one thing. Uh, an invasion is something else. And we just, we, we're getting so many people in, there's no way our culture can absorb them and let them bring their positives to our American experience. And they learn the American experience too. What, what is the goal? What is the goal with this? Other than I want to turn Texas purple. Um, and if you do, and you have a country that is, uh, falling apart and people can't get jobs and they're living on the street and they're, they're going to start fighting each other because of their, their historical differences. Uh, have you gained anything if you're, even if you do get reelected and you're king of all that? Yeah. Who would, who would want that? Right. Right. But I, I think the motive is plain. I think, um, the present administration, and this is, you know, this is Obama and, and what is wanted and it, it is rightly called an invasion. They want to be able to, at some point, voice the idea that all of these persons who have just invaded our country should vote without having a background or understanding in what, in what a constitutional system of government is. And so they will vote by sensation through the media. They will vote, it again, for a free iPhone right. or what have you. Um, and it's to it's again to take power out of localities and states away from individuals and harboring it in one place, Washington, D.C. And to do that, they need to counter all the votes of those persons who know the value of federalism, the value of free enterprise, the value of uh, education. They have to find votes to take away the votes of those who know what America was and why. So to Bubba's second point, and you said, why would you want that? Is it really no more complicated? Because I know this was what goes on in the other tyrannical dictatorships around the world. It is true that the people who are just the common folk, they don't have a very good quality of life, but the ruling class, they actually live quite well. Is that the end game that they know they'll still be able to do all the things that no one else will be able to do? Well, that's true of any society. The difference in a free enterprise society is that there's upward mobility. Right. Look at Obama himself, right? Right. Or look at Henry Ford. Okay, going back. There will always be three, there will be three, two, you know, two or three levels. Our level, we have a lower class, middle class, upper class, right? Right. That's always going to exist. In socialism, there are two classes. There are those who own the people. And there are people who are owned by the state. 
The ruling class and the peasants. Yeah, so yeah. There is no upward mobility without knowing somebody within the political party. Right, right. And that's as old as monarchy. It's as old as the pharaohs. Well, that's how. Yeah, well, it it goes back to Mel Brooks. It's good to be the king. That's Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, Oh, he was great. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's good to be the king. So it really is. Uh, when, when you and that has to be the motivation because Bubba said it a thousand times and I agree. Why do I want to be the the king of of garbage? But I guess if I'm the king, I get to do whatever I want. So okay. I never I never really get in the garbage. Let everybody else eat garbage. Right. Yeah. Well, that's been around for a while. So well, no, so it really is remarkable, guys, that in our country there are people demonstrating for socialism. There's people demonstrating for Hamas and their sort of brutality. But this is we're at a real crossroads. And where we're going to go, whether we renew our ideals based on the Constitution or whether we allow ourselves, you know, you cannot appease this socialism in our society like like we're appeasing Iran. It has to be everybody has to stand up to this. But but I think you're hitting a a great point. We've talked about it on the air. The the left, they've done such a and and I will give them credit, a masterful job through through higher education. And when we allowed the Department of Education to be created, remember the founding fathers warned us over and over again: any power you give the government, they will abuse. So don't give them much. And then, yes. we, and then we let the Department of Education be formed. And what did they say? We'll have nothing to do with curriculum. Yeah, we're yep. Ju- we're just here to fund the schools. So just everybody coordinating can, groups. So Go help everybody out. People can have a public yeah. education, but now it's turned into a government education. And, yes. and so what you said a minute ago and the why I think your books and people like you, why it is so important, why homeschooling's become more popular, why private schools are booming, to your point about the, the border, if I don't know what a constitutional republic is and I don't know the history of this country, well, then when you put something in front of me that isn't the genuine article, back to counterfeiters, you right. know, the Secret Service, mm-hmm. they only show them the genuine article. So when they see a counterfeit, they know that it's wrong. They don't show them counterfeit money. They show them the right. general, the, gen, the genuine article. Well, if I never see the genuine article, I can't spot the counterfeit. So it, the, in the education system, there's a push away from true American history. There's a push away from teaching the the federalism and the constitutional republic, so when someone violates it, you don't know the difference. Right, and and, and you know we're a very distracted society too these mm-hmm. days. I mean, we'd rather, you know, but you have to protect the freedom of our country in order to enjoy everything else. Right. Trust me, in Venezuela, they don't they don't enjoy watching soccer. <laughs> no, I, they know who's going to win. <laughs> so. I mean, it takes a lot of the joy out of a society when you don't defend the one thing that makes you a great society, which is our liberty. Do you so. think? Do you think we're escalating right now? A lot of people say you got a lot of expertise in the the wars of the world. Do you see the 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 that we're headed toward another world war or, or no? I think this could be the phase before that. If we appease Iran now, if we allow, and this is eerily similar to what happened in World War II, when uh, at a point Nazi Germany allied, had a non-aggression pact with Russia, and then Japan was allied with those uh, two entities and Italy. Um, It's eerily similar now that you have China and Russia and Iran agreeing uh, to be allies. Mm -hmm. And so 
but it must be stopped now, right now. We cannot, through appeasement, what, what they want to do is fund Iran's way to a nuclear capability if Iran just won't use a missile for the next five years. Mm. If these guys are taking water pipes out of the ground and making rockets out of them, what are they going to do with a nuclear missile? The first thing they'll do is drop it on Israel, and Israel will not exist anymore. Which is what they want, and that's that part about the misunderstanding. Exactly what they want. Yeah. So why? Why? What? Where is the? Uh, it drives me crazy. Where is the rationale of funding the persons who promised this? Why? Why give them a dollar? You should be spending everything on armor against this sort of a power, and you should absolutely cut them off economically. Not not disregard sanctions like you're disregarding your own border right uh he they really they practice the democratic pra uh, party practices how not to execute the law they practice how not to have a def a defensive foreign policy we'll come back and we'll finish our, our conversation with richard Lyons. and if you're looking for any of the books we keep referencing uh, you you can find them but you can just go to richard c lions.com that's his website and you can find everything there but and you can look for uh, his books wherever books are sold too we'll come back for the the, the last uh, few minutes on rick and bubba university the podcast right after this so bubba we we were talking about the state of things and if you have the wrong point of view right now you will be canceled you will be removed and your ability to even make a living uh will be will be squashed if possible and and you you don't hear people use the word squashed much, but, but I do. know exactly what you mean. Well, we and grew I, up, for one, do not want to be squashed. I don't either. So Blaze Media, and we're part of the Blaze Media team. Uh, they're finally saying, look, we're going to declare independence from big tech because you, you know Glenn talked about it this week. You know when it came to their their website where the Blaze News is and all these articles that uh, the the big tech companies were taking them and trying to hide them from everybody and trying to take the audience that could actually access them down to practically nothing. And, uh, and so blaze TV said enough, uh, we're declaring independence. Uh, so they're going to cut out the middleman because it's kind of like what you and I've talked about. Some of the new technology that we actually like is that if, if, if the people want to hear and see what we do, they can without somebody in between them and us. So, uh, the ad dollars will no longer support, uh, blazemedia.com. Uh, it's going to be subscription supported. So if you want access to these articles, and they do a great job, this is this important information that we're talking about. Uh, you know, the censorship from the big tech companies, the only way around them is to have people subscribe and then you cut the ads out uh, and you don't use their platform. So uh, if you want to right now subscribe, you can go to subscribe.blazemedia.com. It's not a lot of money. Uh, and uh, they're not going to stand for anyone policing what you can and cannot consume any longer. Uh, Blaze is done with that game. So subscribe.blazemedia.com. Take out the middleman. Access this information now more than ever provided by Blaze Media. Again, subscribe.blazemedia.com. Richard Lyons is with us. Uh, we have uh, you know about 10 more minutes, uh, and then uh, our time with Richard will be up for at least the podcast. In a couple of weeks, you'll see the second edition, uh, but by the chance of war coming out. Uh, the other books that we've mentioned uh, are available, including the first edition uh, of this. And 
you know, the, the question right now, Richard, that I think the people that, that listen to us, that, that, that read you, it seems to be we hear this all the time. We hear the problem. Richard, you've pointed out the problem quite well. We're educating ourselves on the problem. Uh, we're going to the places to try to get this information. How do we solve the problem? Yeah, where uh, do we go from uh, here? Yeah, what what do we do? I mean, now, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying this is a legitimate worry, but a lot of people in our audience think even when we have elections now, we don't know whether uh, we can even change it by election because they're concerned the elections have been tampered with. So, what say you, Richard? Well, I think you know a, a great idea that has come across the boards is a convention of the states. Now that infers that every state goes to the convention. But what if there were a convention of just red states, wherein uh, the the um, the constitutional values that we all cherish are renewed and reinforced by state action, and that the Republican Party, as the conservative party, define itself as being the party. It was the party that liberated the country from slavery. It can that that's their legacy. They can have a, de- a destiny. It is to prevent the slavery of America. But you have to go to first principles of the Constitution. You have to go to federalism. You have to take power out of Washington, D.C. And it's rather, it's not as complicated as it seems because these agencies were created unconstitutionally. And their rules are unconstitutional in their base, at their basis. So uh, I, I think, you know, first we have to define what conservatism is. And we have to do as well with the media as the Democrats do, which I applaud you guys for. Uh, uh, programs like yours need need to be multiplied. And people need to be educated, a convention of the states, and then someone like a Trump who can break some uh, glass in Washington, D.C. He said Trump. There yeah. it was. You said it. Richard, uh, you know, I, I thought when Ronald Reagan and conservatives got rid of the uh, – uh, of the restrictions so that you could have shows like we have, uh, the fairness doctrine, um, that it was a big step forward for conservatives and, and mainline thinking in our country. And I think it has been as far as the media goes, but we didn't have a plan for education and especially higher education. It has become incredibly left-leaning um, our kids have been in school. Uh, my daughter graduated a few years ago from a school in an area that you would think would be very conservative, but it's not, uh, when no. it comes to the, to the professors and the teachers, how can we get a, a control of that again, too, at least to have, uh, even footing in that environment? Well, one of the great invasions that the federal government has made over the past hundred years is to, uh, invade the prerogatives of states. And by doing so, by getting into the education system, they did so uh, during uh, Lyndon Johnson's presidency. And once they got that foothold, right, if you're going to take federal dollars, you're going to take socialist ideas with it. That has been what has happened. And again, the education department shouldn't exist in Washington, D.C. Right. If you want an education department of a state like Wyoming, let Wyoming do that job. But that began as a local matter. The university system in our country was one of the first uh, associations to be for the revolution. They were for free thought. It's turned around 180 degrees to be 
uh, a controlling thought uh, uh, system. So it, the Department of Education should cease to exist and just hand any power like that back to the states. The whole dependency industry of giving people money. Why are people in Wyoming paying for people in New York City who take the dole? Why doesn't Wyoming take care of its own poor? Why doesn't New York take care of its own poor? Uh, that's too much power in Washington, D.C. That's too much leverage. Which is and exactly keep, yeah the keep, opposite that the founders told. The, op, the founders said, really don't do this. They, you have a very small central government for all the reasons you just listed. Right. Uh, and, and, and we give a little, and we give a little, and we give a little, mm. and, um, and, and we don't understand the damage. And... Uh, you know, so there's going to also have to be some 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 gutting up by Americans to say <laughs> some of us may have to do away with some of our 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 comfort to to turn this thing back uh, uh, because if not, it's going to be the demise of it in the long run. I think I think you're correct. the The problem is the left knows exactly where it's going, but they don't say it. We speak a lot, but don't know where we're going. So that's why there needs to be a, a convention of states to define what is what is conservatism and what do you believe in? You believe in federalism. You believe in common law. You believe in the Constitution. You believe in free enterprise. These are all the things that made us great. And the reason why we all had individual freedom per John Locke, uh, they are fighting the opposite. They are utterly opposite to that. They want command and control of the economy. They want uh, concentrated power in one place, Washington, D.C., to determine everything, including education. So there needs we need to understand our opposition. We need to define ourselves accordingly. Is Trump the guy? I mean, you know, I know when you think about a true constitutional conservative, there's some areas maybe not so much, but do you think as far as a fighter and understand the state of things that he's a, a candidate that can get some of this done? I'll say this. He is a true conservative by the legacy left from his first term. He is also the most persecuted man that has ever lived in America. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that is not an exaggeration. I agree. I agree. And has been since the day he went down the escalator. And for him to still be fighting is extremely admirable. And the reason they keep persecuting him is because he is that big a threat. Does he say things that are out of bounds? Does he say things that are crass? Is he not statesman enough alike? Yes, perhaps. But I would, I would like us to be able to define who we would elect by the conservative principles that he fulfilled in his first term. Yeah, I, I think he, he, he can look back like you just said, and we say this on the air, the good, the bad, the ugly. He's able to yeah. show you his four years compared to where we are now and you and, and the, old, the old saying the proof is in the pudding Richard too this is something we've been talking about on the show and, and I know we're about out of time but I've never seen anyone's legal counsel be prosecuted like his has <laughs> now I, I know from time to time a lawyer will be prosecuted for for doing something against the law but I thought a lawyer's job was to stand up and defend their client's position, and now we're seeing those prosecuted because of their affiliation with their client. It's straight out of uh, Mussolini's Italy and straight out of Hitler's Germany. You attack every you attack every opponent and everybody associated with them. 
Well, yeah. You attack your family. Yeah. This is this is exactly what's happening now. They have a very old playbook, and they're working it. Well, Richard, thanks for being with us. If you want to find out more about Richard Lyons, go to richardclines.com. Uh, but by the chance of war, the first edition is out. The second edition is coming. The DNA of Democracy 2019 and Shadows of the uh, Acropolis uh, 2022, it came out. All those are available. You can find them. And now more than ever, uh, these are really important reads. So you can at least be educated on the history that it used to be a given that everybody was taught this, and it's just not a given anymore. So, Richard, thanks for being with us. Well, guys, I really appreciate your having me on and what you do with your show well continue the good fight uh thanks to you and thanks to every one of you for joining us on this edition of rick and bubba university the podcast